Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand name, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, <laughs> what I'm right? talking about is, when you chop my dough down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? I'm here, and it's your girl, D. Scott, on our 200th episode. So the show is called Keeping It 200. So who would have ever thunk that three years ago we would make it to even 200 episodes? And I say we as, like, me and the voices in my head and the people that help me put this together and keep this together and keep my, you know, studio sessions the way they need to be and the music cued and everything else. So... Today's show is called Keeping It 200 on this Tell the Truth Tuesday. And so I don't know if y'all were outside with the solar eclipse yesterday, but I was almost burning my fucking retinas out. Um, and, you know, it's it's very different from a lunar eclipse, so I think that a lot of people had it fucking confused. But basically I was trying to educate yesterday on the sun goddesses, the moon goddesses, and just how powerful an eclipse is it means that literally like the moon is passing in front of the sun like when the fuck does that happen and we will have a total i believe it is lunar eclipse in 2024 so seven seven years from now we'll have a total where it's like completely blacked out for a few minutes so I was able to sit outside. I was able to work through some issues. I was able to get not so much closure because y'all know how I feel about closure. I think it's like Satan's way of, you know, making us have tantric sex and getting back with people we don't need to be around. And and closure is just, it's a big fallacy. It's a big fucking lie. And you don't fucking need it. Just move the fuck on. You really don't. So <clears throat> today I said I wanted to talk about fathers, motherhood, marriage, and karma. And I'm going to start with karma before I forget and get to my point. So, first of all, if you're a good Christian woman and you're a Bible toter, <clears throat> I went on uh, my page the other day because I, I I used to really get into verbal militia assault on the Internet. And then I realized, you look fucking crazy. You don't even fucking know these people who give a fuck about what they think. So, and yes, I'm getting a new chair for my 200th episode. So, but I love this one. I want to talk about karma because... Um, if you're a good Christian person, and, we all, you know, people always say, like, karma's going to get you in the second and third, you have to understand that karma is not a Christian thing. It doesn't come from any Christian deity. It doesn't come from any of that. It's actually Hindu, and in some cases, some people believe satanic because of the, the, the root of karma, the, the word karma, okay? So let's say you believe in karma. You have to be careful when you wish because a lot of people keep forgetting that what you say, that's spelling, that's words. So when you talk about 
you know, because I had somebody tell me, you know, karma's going to get you, karma's going to give you cancer and all this other shit. And the reason I don't believe in that is because, first of all, if you have to be careful when you talk about things with malintent. And so one of the rules of any religion, not Wiccan, not witchcraft, and all this other shit that people think that I'm involved in, whether I am or isn't, is, is of no consequence. But if you're really on some brujerish type shit, some witchcraft type shit, you know that what you say in the universe stays there. Right, which is why you shouldn't wish death on people and so on and so forth. And not only that, because remember, the universe requires a sacrifice. And some, one of my followers used to always tell me that. What are you willing to sacrifice to get this what you want? You cannot put shit like that on people. And I'm laughing because, you know, this particular person, I, okay, so if my karma is X, Y, and Z, that means that that particular karma that you're wishing on me, this cancer to come back and ravish my body and all these other things, that means that you're really just putting that on yourself. And especially, you know, this young lady's disposition, you know, you really shouldn't be saying that because you're wishful of many, many things that, that have to bear fruit. And if you're unable to bear fruit, it might be because you've, you know, put it on me not to bear any, which I don't care whether I bear fruit or not. I have the best fruit of all, you know, and I'm extremely fertile. So, when you say what my karma is going to be, and also the person that hurts you the most is the person that's sitting closest to you, you understand that when you put that karma on me or you say that you want this karma to happen to me, what is that person's karma then, the person that really hurt you? Because, see, me, I don't owe anybody any loyalty but my, my, my family, and, and that's really it. Okay, I owe myself loyalty. I don't owe you loyalty. I don't owe anybody's boyfriend any loyalty. I don't owe any mortal man on earth loyalty. I don't owe anybody anything. Okay, I'm loyal because that's what I choose to do because that's the type of woman I am. So if I'm supposed to suffer this karmic reaction, the person that really hurt you, you didn't put any karma for them. So you see, that's where the universe comes in and says, okay, well, you want this person to have this. That means this person over here has to suffer too. Because they're the person that really hurt you. I can't hurt you. I'm, I'm nobody to you. And that's why I think people, especially women, young women, they put a lot of the hurt into the other woman or any woman or other people. No, internalize that shit to yourself. Apologize to yourself for allowing some shit like that to happen and move the fuck on, whether you're going to be with that person or not. The world doesn't owe you anything princesses it, it doesn't and so you have to take what you take get what you get and deal with the consequences later now i will say that i deal with consequences like i'm sitting here with a two thousand dollar fine that i have to pay to the workman's comp organization because one of my employees you know was terminated and unfortunately i have to pay that because this person no longer works for me hasn't worked for me since April, haven't cut a check since April, uh, was legally fired in July, and I have to pay workman's comp for 30 days because I didn't notify the state. And it's a nice little $2,000 fine. Thank you. But I'll take that consequence. That's not karma. That's just a consequence of being messy, of not being in control of my business affairs because I, I do everything. So with karma, you have to be careful that, you know, I used to tell my, my aunt when my mother passed away, you know, I was very upset at a couple of the girls that didn't show up or whatever. And my aunt was like, see, Denise, your problem, and I've said this many, many times, and she said, you want people to suffer immediately. I used to. Now I don't care because I'm old enough to know that in the end you will all come back. If you were good to a person, they're always going to come back to you. That that has nothing to do with, you know, you being a slouch or you being stupid or anything like that. But sometimes they come back because they don't have anywhere to go. And it's up to you to say, no, you could keep fucking stay, stay on your side of the fucking street. 
okay? Karma has nothing to do with, you know, when you're angry, you have to be careful what you say because the exact, listen, I'm, t- I'm going to tell you how karma works. The exact things that I've prayed for bitches to get, it was the exact same thing that fucking happened to me, okay? So the bitch, nothing happened to the bitch, right? It happened to me because I was that evil that I put that into the fucking universe. So if I were you, I would fucking be saging. I would have, you know, said some prayers on the solar eclipse yesterday to take that out of the universe. Look, I'm not scared of what nobody tries to put on me because, trust me, I've been called worse by better. But what what people have to understand is, and I use this analogy, if I want to make $2 million a year, I don't have the right to walk past a homeless person on the street and, and snuff them or talk shit about them, Right. Because that puts me in a bad place in the universe. So say if I want children or if I want a long, happy, healthy life, a long marriage, I don't have the right to talk about other people's inability to be able to have children or any of that or put sickness on someone else when I was just sick. You see what I mean? So that's what I'm hoping that these young girls that are out here experimenting with shit and saying things that they don't understand what they're saying. You can't fuck with me. I am far too powerful. I've been doing what the fuck I've been doing for the universe, in the universe, for a very long fucking time. And see, rule number one, and listen, I, I got into it with, um, I had this conversation with a woman, um, House of Hoodoo and Meadow Casting, and these are people that I, I enjoy following on Instagram, about the fact that in our time, and especially having gone to Boston and seen where Tichiba lived, which Tichiba is the Black Witch of Salem, they couldn't kill the motherfucker, they couldn't find her. They said she spoke directly to Satan himself. You know, you don't have the, um, you don't have that much power. And so back in the day, part of the secrecy of the covenant or of the sisterhood or any of that was the fact that we as black women, as minority women, whether it was in Haiti, whether it was in Dominican Republic or any of it, we did not tell anybody what we did because we could have been killed for that. So now there's a different shift with these young ladies that are out here. They're practicing, they're casting, they're spelling, they're doing all these things. You're finding your shit on the Internet. You're just, you don't know what realm that you're getting into. You don't know what the fuck you're summoning. So if I were you, I would look at the bad luck that you're having. I would look at the infidelities that you're having, the untruths that you're having, the the hard time with your beloveds that you're having, and turn that inside and say, not what am I doing, but what have I said or done that is causing this negative energy? Because it's all energy. It doesn't just leave the universe. It doesn't do that. So that's why lately, especially the last probably two years, when I argue with people online, it's not an argument. Bitch, I'm stating the fucking fact. I'm leaving it where it is, and you can take it how you want to. And a lot of times I don't even cuss. Like, I cuss a lot in my verbal presentation, but not in writing because I know somebody can snapshot that. They can do this. They can do that. So there was an incident over the weekend where a female who I, you know, I, I don't admire her, but I get where she's coming from. But there's, there's energy in everything. I can look at something and pick up an energy. I can read something and pick up an energy, whether it's male, female. I can look at a car accident and tell you who the fuck did it, just based on the energy associated with it. And her energy was very condescending to another female. And this is the part that I didn't like. So she's a business owner. You know, she's all about the Jesus, and y'all know how I feel about that. Y'all know I sat, like I said, in some of the biggest, baddest, best churches in the country, in the world, watched them all crumble, every fucking single one of them, with the exception of T.D. Jake's church and uh, Joel Olstein down in Houston. I had the pleasure of uh, staying there, not last summer, but the summer before when I had to drop my son off. Just, it's a, It's a great 
organization. I mean, the motherfucker can fly in on helicopters. He owns that entire probably 20 city blocks in Houston, Texas. You know, I'm very impressed with that. Beyonce's church is down there. And so what I don't like, because my uncles are all preachers, my Uncle Michael, my Uncle Melvin, his, you know, all of it. So I grew up in the church from a wee little thing. So just because I cuss a lot don't mean I don't know Ecclesiastes, don't mean I don't know Genesis, don't mean I don't know Leviticus, don't mean I don't know Psalms by heart. So this woman is attempting to, it it felt to me, she was very condescending to a young lady where basically she posted a meme that said, um, you're, you're teaching your children basically how to be sluts. Basically, in, in layman's terms. So it was a picture of a mother, a cartoon, a picture of a mother taking a picture in the mirror naked with her tongue out, and the little girl coming in and seeing her mother and saying, Mommy, what are you doing? Now, there's a way to say and do everything. And unfortunately, one of her followers, now mind you, she has an online boutique, and uh, one of her followers inboxed her and said, you know, I used to really love your beautiful quotes and, you know, a lot of the things that you said, but I really feel like you were being condescending with the message that you were sending. So it wasn't just the meme. It's what the, the female had posted underneath it that made people feel like shit. So then you start to see all these good Christian women, you know, Proverbs 31 woman and, you know, a hit dog or holler and shit like that. I don't fucking like that because if you're really a Christian, your job isn't to preach, it's to teach. So what did you teach her by saying that? You made a fucking statement and you didn't teach her anything. Okay. You wanted her to go read a Bible from a God that you've never seen, you've never, nothing, right? You have to explain that. So I commented, and I, I waited, because she's, she's a businesswoman. We're on the same level, you know, and I, and I didn't cuss, nothing like that. But I said to her, I said, I really feel like I understand what you're saying, but there was a better way to say it. And, and then not only that, she put their correspondence online. So can you imagine getting into a verbal tete-a-tete with somebody online or or inboxing this person privately so that it wasn't on the page, and then that person taking that information and posting it and and ridiculing you some more. So now you're flogging her for your fans, which I'm quite sure the girl blocked and deleted you and isn't on your page anymore. It's kind of not fair. Now, in, in, the, in the rules of Christianity. Now, I have done that to men or shit like that that have said shit to my girl or said shit to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll repost what they said and say, listen, this is this, this, and this. But I left my page open for shit like that. I, I invite you to come on my motherfucking page and talk shit all day. The, the, the fucking conversation with me and Stephanie Marrero is still fucking on there. What is her name? Tatted up Holly. Still on my page from last year. So... I said to her, I said, you know what, as women, and you know, you're a good Christian woman, I said, this is one of the reasons why people are turning away from organized religion, they're turning away from the church, is because you have this preach, not teach mentality. I said, I really feel like your comments, you rolled up a newspaper and hit her on her nose, like she was some, some dog. I said, you know, if, if, if you were in a situation where you had an opportunity to teach, that's what you should have done, and you didn't do that here. And I think that that's why she's embarrassed. I said, and not only that, you turned around and posted your correspondence, which, which isn't, that's not clean shit. That's clean shit. You know, that, that's not right. Yo, <laughs> I waited, I waited, I waited. Next morning I wake up, she didn't comment, she deleted the comment. Nah, fam, don't do that. So I did a five-part video series on my page at miss.d.scott, that's on Instagram. And I basically was upset, not because I wanted to argue with you, but because why is it okay for you to leave the commentary that you put up 
okay? But no one can say anything against what you did because it was fucking wrong. And you're talking about God shit. You're not talking about some dumb shit like an outfit, a dude, you know, meaningless shit. You're talking about this girl saying, I lost faith in your page because you want to be condescending. And I'm going to tell you why she shouldn't have did that. Honey, you a business owner. Rule number one, if you're going to have convictions, that's cool. But at the same time, these are people that buy from your fucking store. What type of, are you fucking crazy? You understand what I'm saying? So you just lost that sale. I'm never going to fucking buy anything from you because you're fucking rude and you don't handle shit properly. And the way it's kind of like she's on some na 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 da boo boo type shit on her page. Like, yes, God has blessed me. Okay, bitch, but where's your husband? You understand what I'm saying? You got a kid. Tell the story about what happened. Are you divorced? Which is also against, they're against that in the Bible. You know, every time you want to talk about what these girls got on, but sweetie, I can see your heartbeat through your shirt. I can see your camel toe through your pants. So so you really right there on the borderline and got a lot of nerve to tell these women what they should and shouldn't be doing. Listen, and I said this, Jesus, she can't take Jesus with her to go pay her light bill. She could pray to Jesus. She can't take Jesus to pay her fucking light bill. So either you're going to teach her how to get this money or you're going to sit there and ridicule her. And that money, whether it's from, from her being a stripper or whatever it's from, pays your bills, my G. You can't do that. So you just don't give a fuck about your sales at all. And that's how people fucking go out of business. One fucked up comment like that, it's a wrap. If these girls are taking pictures in the mirror, tell them why they shouldn't be doing that. You know, when I mentor some of these young girls and we have the, you know, the cotillions and the, the links and all the, those other things that I show up to as a businesswoman, and I tell them, you know, you have to be care, careful of your online presence. That's why my kid is not allowed to have Facebook or any of that shit until he's like 16 because I said, do you want to be held responsible for things you said and thought when you were 13 when you're 25? Because you can't delete the shit. You can't. Somebody somewhere got a snapshot of some shit you said, and it has crumbled many businesses like, um, what's his name, Prince Donnell, the, the cute guy with the, everybody thought he was gay, but now he's engaged to, what is her name, Dasha, Michelle, or whatever her name is, and they're both little Bible toters and things like that. Somebody just came out with, with text messages and emails that fucked all they shit up. You know what I mean? Like, you're not who you really say you are. And we don't mean you're not who you say you are as far as, look, you can't make up trips. You can't make up fucking, you know, Versace shopping. You can't make up a lot of that shit. So when people say, like, Denise, you're not who you say you are. No, I'm exactly, I'm actually worse than what the fuck I say I am. You understand what I'm saying? But you should just be happy that you never get to see that. So you can't make up me staying at certain hotels and me being in certain places at certain times around certain people. You can't make that shit up. So whether, whether or not I d- choose to disclose what my finances are, choose to disclose living situations and shit like that, I bear no shame to none of it because you are not paying my bills. So if someone was paying my bills, I'm going to be a little bit more sensitive about what the fuck I have to say. Okay? So there was that situation. And and it goes back to being a mother, too. Like, you know, if you're a mother, you're a mother to all these girls. They're all your daughters. If you're in a position to teach, you should teach, not preach, because the message is going to come across better if you're coming from a place of, of help, not hurt, you know, or hindrance. Now, let me get on fathers. Oh, my God. So I was watching Power, and y'all know that episode fucked me up, this last episode, without getting too much into it. Tommy meets his real father. It was like looking at a spitting image, so on and so forth. And I'm glad that the producers made it about Tommy and made it a, a white boy because I think too many times we focus on, you know, the black men and how they need to, all kids need their fathers, period. 
Okay, so whether they were incarcerated for 18 years, they need their father. Whether they're not paying, they need their father. Y'all ladies get things very confused. Visitation, men too. Visitation is not the same as child support. Two different courts, two different hearings. And it really makes me sick that I see a lot of women keeping the kids away from the fathers, okay, over child support. I never did that keep them from talking to them. But I also, let me touch on this, see a lot of fathers that say, fuck it, she don't want me to see my kid, I ain't going to see the motherfucker then. It's, what? Excuse me? Okay, so let me get this straight. You'll fight for the, for the fucking relationship that you're in with another female that you didn't give birth to or that, you, that, that doesn't have any of your DNA. You'll fight for that relationship, but you won't fight for the relationship with your children. It's disgusting. And it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, you'll go to court to get child support taken care of, right? But you won't file the one piece of paperwork that's going to take you to court to make sure that you have proper visitation with your child, that legally the state can come in and say this is not what's going on. You can physically know that one of your baby's moms is on drugs and you leave that kid there, Right? And when I say that shit makes me sick to my fucking stomach, it makes me sick. And it makes me look at you as less than a man because it makes me feel like you just basically pumped and dumped. Yeah, I used to fuck with her. I don't. There was a meme I just put out the other day, and I was like, and it was actually wasn't from me. It was from uh, the Black Ferris Bueller, one of the kids that I follow on uh, Instagram. And it basically was like, all New York dudes, you know what I'm saying, when they go with their baby mama, they're taking care of their kids until they get a new girlfriend or they outside that relationship. They don't, they don't want to fuck with their kids. Let me tell you, there is no bigger karma in the universe than when you don't take care of your motherfucking kids. Let me tell you something. You have an heir or an heiress somewhere that bears your last name. Oh, that, that situation in the universe, my dude, is not a favor. Okay, you will never progress not taking care of your fucking kids. And as far as the women are concerned, you keeping them away from their fathers and or you know or the other parent, whatever, whatever, you ain't gonna have no good karma either. Food stamps finna get canceled. All type of shit is gonna happen to you because you cannot do that. Okay, and so we see in the episode of Power that no matter whether the father was around or not, the child is of that tree. Right, so he ended up exactly like his father. Didn't even know the motherfucker, and it brings me to a photo that I posted a couple of years ago of my son and his dad. They hadn't seen each other for three years because everybody thinks I have this like wonderful, great story. Nah, listen, I'll be divorced ten years coming up, and we just now got cool a couple of years ago. Like when I say like it was constantly like we couldn't even talk on the phone. It was just texting because I'm I'm gonna always fight for my fucking son always. I'm going to always fight that you do the right fucking thing. I'm going to always sacrifice whatever the fuck it is I need to sacrifice, whether it was relationships. I just now got into a relationship like a couple years ago. I was like single than a motherfucker, no dude that ever met my kid, none of that shit. Because everything that was important because the absence of the father was my kid. You know, and my ex-husband went, he got remarried, you know, and I don't speak to his wife, whatever, whatever, because there were a lot of lies that were told pending our divorce and things like that that she couldn't make make sense, right? So now you see, but see, like my mama used to tell me, don't warn these motherfucking bitches. Don't warn them. You think you got a prize? You think you got this? Go ahead and do it. And maybe he's a different man for her than he was with me, but, I mean, this is marriage number three, you know, so I have to look at, you know, my track record and my legacy in dating and say, you know, I can honestly say that I think out of any of the men that I've ever dated, only two of them remarried and one was my ex-husband or two of them married and one of them was my ex-husband. 
he remarried. Other than that, all these men are still single. Okay? So you can't put that shit all on me and stop trying to put it on black women and stop trying to say that it's our fault because we're intolerable and we're this, we're that. We're grinders. Black women are grinders. Minority women are grinders because we came here with nothing. You took our legacy, you took our names, you took our cultures. We came here with nothing. So with or without you, I'm going to make it regardless. So, you know, and my ex-husband, he did. He tried to financially cripple me and all this other stuff. Oh, I'm going to take the truck. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what you do because I'll just get another one. So in the spirit of fatherhood, when a photo surfaced, it it freaked me the fuck out, and it just let me know that it was an affirmation because I deal in affirmations too. And it let me know that I was doing the right thing, spending all that money to bring my son down. And he said, you know what, Mom, I really don't want anything for Christmas. I just want to see my dad. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to say? I'm going to say no. And a lot of you bitches would. And I'm calling you bitches because it just it pisses me off, okay? Just like I call these men niggas when I get mad. Even though it's not right, I don't give a fuck. It's my show. I do what I want. So a lot of you bitches, because that's where you are when you do shit like this, you'll have money to go get your nail and hair done, hair done every week, spending $200, $300 a month to get your fucking shit done. But you don't have money to get on a plane or to take a bus or to fucking drive to wherever the fucking father is. And a lot of your fucking baby's fathers are across town. You understand what I'm saying? I have to fly back and forth to fuck. Well, I don't have to, but I do. Why don't you just put your son on a plane? Would you put your most valuable possession on a fucking plane by yourself over a couple hundred dollars? No, I'm good. I'll fly down there with him, make a mini vacay, and then come back, get this work done, and get get done. So, you know, you see a lot of these women, and I and I looked at this picture of my son and his father. Can't make this shit up. They hadn't seen each other. There was a picture of them walking side by side. Their literal stance was exactly the same. They both had on khaki pants. They both had on fucking loafers, and they both had on fucking striped shirts. Totally striped polo shirts at that. Totally unpredicted, ain't seen each other, father and child, it freaked me out. But it was an affirmation that I was doing the right thing. So just like I would spend money to go to Essence Fest or to do a lot of these different festivals and things like that and go to L.A. just to, you know, fucking eat Roscoe's and Brandy's Donuts, I have to do the same thing to make sure that my son is okay. So did I sacrifice other things that year? Of course. I took him, I flew him back and forth once, then flew him back and forth again twice. So I told him, I said, now we're going to make a ritual of him being down there every year. Now, let's be clear. No visitation order was ever made between my ex-husband and I. The, the visitation is basically because I have sole, total, 100% custody. Now, I'm glad that my ex-husband and I have the type of relationship where he doesn't feel like, oh, my God, you're going to call the police on me because I could. Oh, my God, he kidnapped my baby out of state. That's petty shit. Who who does that? Take him so I can go get this work done, do what I need to do. And, again, it's not about as a mother. You shouldn't feel bad by saying I just need a breather or I need a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, do I ever wish, like, oh, I, I, I need to take a break from being a mother? No, I'm a mother seven days a week, 24 hours a day, whether my child is here or not. I have to make sure he has insurance. I have to make sure he has this. I have to make sure he has that. And you're going to get your feelings hurt a lot by waiting on the other parent to do a bunch of shit that you know that you have in your power to do, okay? I don't go to court and try to sue this motherfucker for the insurance money he owes me for all the shit. It's just, man, he needed it. Look, just give me my fucking money, whatever it is. I don't have time to be going back and forth to court for fucking child support. That's bum bitch shit. You understand what I'm saying? My child support order has been the same for 10 years. Now, I would hope that my ex-husband makes more money than he did 10 years ago. I'm, I'm sure he does. But at the same time, listen, it's like getting blood from a rock. Pay what the fuck you're supposed to pay and, and leave it at that. 
if you have an issue one month where you're out of town or whatever's happening or business is slow or whatever, just call me and let me know, hey, it's going to be a little light this month. That's all I'm asking you to do as a parent. And we've gotten to that place, okay, because let's be clear, for many, many, many motherfucking years, I didn't get a dime. <laughs> so people look at me and they say, like, oh, because her ex-husband does this for a living, whatever, whatever, she, that's how she's getting. No, motherfucker, I, I paid, I sacrificed, I work, I do what I'm supposed to do. My son has to eat every single day out of the month, not just when his daddy comes to pay, okay? And I used to say that child support was a broke bitch's hustle because if you're trying to hustle a motherfucker out of money, you got to pay your portion for your kid too. You know, so if they need shoes, you can't just wait on the father to go get them. No, get the fucking kids some shoes. You know what I'm saying? So that's my, that's my spiel on fatherhood, and I'm glad that power, you know, enlightened that but also showed a different level of fatherhood because when your father is just too busy and the mother is trying to – it's just all fucked up. Tasha trying to get her groove back. She trying to, you know, look forward towards the future. Tariq got motherfucking post-traumatic stress disorder. Y'all motherfuckers make too much money for your child not to be in fucking therapy some goddamn where. Okay? It's ridiculous. So at that point, now everything's getting fucked up because you didn't take care of that baby's mental health and because you were not... I'm not saying Tasha was a bad parent because, shit, I can't tell you what my 13-year-old is doing 24 hours a day. I can't because I done caught him doing a couple of things. He's a kid. That's what he's supposed to do. But... In the meantime, in between time, you know, I still have to do what I have to do as a parent. And so the fact that everybody is preoccupied with what's going on left Tariq in a situation where he was kidnapped, witnessed a murder, you know what I'm saying, now what's going on with the sister without spoiling power for you. Now, let me get into uh, marriage. So y'all know I love that show, Insecure. It's I, – Excellently written by Issa Rae. She just she'll be honored on Black Girls uh, Rock tonight on BET. Love her. She had a podcast prior to that. So like I said, dreams do come true. If y'all are not watching Insecure, I think I believe it's on Netflix. It's only in season two. It's thirty minute episodes. I crushed one season of it in one day. You're gonna love it because it deals with the sexuality between black people. Um, it deals with marriage. They had, you know, an episode recently where the one dude said he was in an open marriage. Basically, him and his wife do what they need to do, and, you know, that's what works for them. And then you have Molly, one of the main characters, who reminds me a lot of my best friend, uh, Kendra. You have her where she thinks that her parents' marriage was, you know what I'm saying, 100%. That's not what Kendra thinks, but I'm just saying because me and Kendra come from realist parents. They tell us shit, you know what I'm saying. But she reminds me of Kendra in the sense that she's super successful, you know, and it's just it's hard to date when you're really just trying to handle your own business and be your own, you know what I'm saying, she's a lawyer, so on and so forth, super successful, has everything you could want in a female, and it's just these dudes out here just ain't cutting it. And you see her you know, end up with a dude that was in an open marriage. So he says, I kind of think the motherfucker's lying. But Insecure is a wonderful, wonderful series about, you know, dating. Because I think as black people, we don't talk about dating. And in my book, and we can go back to this 100 million times, my book was put out in 2013, Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess, on Amazon and Kindle. The hostel is an important part of people's fucking lives, black, white, and different. If you did not take your hostel before the relationship, you're going to take it during the relationship or during the marriage. And, again, hostel does not mean that you was out there fucking everybody. It means that you was coming in at whatever fucking time you wanted to, not having to explain that shit to somebody. It means that you were not in an abusive, fucking binding financial relationship with somebody, that you were able to just, if you want to go do lunch by yourself, 
yourself, you could do it. If you want to take a girl's trip, you do it. If you want to go fucking have lunch at Niagara-on-the-Lake and fucking go shopping in New York City because that's what the fuck you felt like, you did it. You want to go to Greece, you did it. You got your passport, you got your stamps. You want to go on a date with some fucking miscellaneous guy that you don't even know. You, 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 you know you're not going to like him just for the experience, right? That's what the whole stroll is about. And men, let's be clear, you have to take it too. But see, men, their whole stroll, they really is hoes. And you'll see that with Lawrence and the insecure issue because you're not going to be marriage material, neither one of you, until you get that shit out your system. When I met my husband, I was 28 years old. Like I said, we were married 90 days later. But I had done literally, and still to this day, I don't regret anything I've done, um, I had literally done everything that I wanted to do in my life. I traveled. I did everything I wanted to do except be a mother, except, you know, settle down, except, you know, submit to a man. I had done everything I wanted to do. And I had been in relationships. I mean, my relationships span years. Like I said, I don't have any exes. Anybody that loved me then loves me now. That's just that's how it is. We might can't be together. We might don't speak. But anybody that loved me then, they still love me now because it, it just might have been bad timing or whatever, whatever. So I don't really – hang up too much. Like, that's not something I get depressed about. I get depressed about the ways of the world. I get depressed about thinking about how I could have done things differently so I don't get fucking $2,000 fines and shit. I think about, I get depressed about the wasting of my time because I can't get that back in time as money. You know, I think about the stagnation of certain things that have happened because I was in this relationship over here and I can't get that time back. You know, I think about the money that I could have been making during this time, but I was, you know, married over here. I was doing this over here. So had I never been married, I never would have had the time to even write a fucking book. So, and actually, I didn't even really talk about my marriage that much in, in my book because marriage is sacred, you know. So, and I wasn't engaged that long. I was engaged like fucking three weeks and we got married. And, you know, in life, if you don't take, you can't take shortcuts. You have to do everything exactly as what, you know, God and the universe planned for you. And so the only way to know that is to do, you know, you have to be free at some point. And I, and I can look at certain people in relationships and be like, this one wants to be free, this one wants to be settled. That means that somebody already did what they wanted to do in life. And I think the saddest thing is for two people to get together thinking that they're getting ready to have this cookie-cutter life when the foundation was already fucked up, Right? The foundation was already fucked up. See, me, I'm powerful enough to know that I could take a step away from any of my beloveds a year, two years, five years. One of mine, like I said, we just now spoke after many, many years, and me telling him I hope he get hit by a fucking tractor trailer, and he did. And this was, fuck, 15, damn near 20 years ago, and he did. He used to call me devil woman. So, but I had to stop doing shit like that because I was like, damn, it's fucked up. It fucked his life up. Motherfucker had steel rods in his leg. Then again, you know, we could all sit here and joke and say, girl, please, you know, that it was just something happened. Nah, I, I believe that I shouldn't have said that. So I stopped doing shit like that. So, you know, you have to look at relationships. And like I said, for me, it was time heals all wounds. But, you know, when you look at things, certain wounds can't be healed. You just kind of got to leave the scab there and stop picking at it, you know, and nobody's ever going to heal if you don't have space, you know, if you don't let that wound air out. And so when certain things happen to me, you have to stay the fuck away from me, like period, point blank, you have to stay the fuck away from me. And But, you know, I do notate the emails that get sent with the apology or a letter dropped in the mailbox. You know, just just saying, you know, my bad or whatever, whatever, and, if, you know, if things would have worked out better. I've actually never even been broken up with. It was always they did some fuck shit. And, and listen, it wasn't always cheating either. 
it was always timing is bad, motherfucker. You live over here. I live over there. I don't want you to meet my kid. Um, I'm not moving. Uh, I don't fuck with you like that. I don't like the way you treat your children. I'm going to tell you something else. I really, up until recently, never fucked with a dude that had children. They always just wanted me to be the wife and wanted me to have their children and things like that. So there were a lot of things that I did not because I was settling, but because that's what my life required at the time. And then as you get older, you require a different set of rules. You require a different set of standards, you know. And so I would never look at any of my beloveds and say, they weren't marriage material. They just might not have been marriage material for me because, like, for for example, one in particular, he just, I, I told him, I said, in about a year and a half, you're going to be the perfect guy for somebody. You know, it won't be me, and I doubt it will be the situation that you're in right now because of the, the pain and hurt that you've caused. But, you know, I just think that there were some unaddressed issues with fatherhood, with motherhood, and with karma that's going to have to happen before this person is humble enough to sit down and say these were women that were in my life, whether it was the mother, the you know, whoever was in their life, to say these people really cared about me, these people loved me, and I destroyed every single one of them. You have to deal with that. You have to deal with that Godzilla complex. And if you don't, it's going to keep repeating itself. You can't go fathers and mothers and keep thinking like, you know what, this situation didn't work out, so I'm going to go have another baby with another broad. You know what, that shit didn't work out. I'm going to go have another baby with another broad. You can't keep trying to create families, and I know that because my ex-husband, it appeared that he did the same. You understand what I'm saying? But at least this time, you know, the wife that he's with right now, she's not with the shits. I'll give her that. And that's why her and I don't get along as well as we probably should. Like, we're not all kiki-ki. Like, we've sat down. We've had dinner. We've, we've spoke. But let's be clear. You're about your daughter, and I'm about my son. My son is the sole heir. You have a little girl. So until you have another little boy, you know, it, 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 my son is the person that carries the name. And it's it's from a very nice, deep, long, you know, political name in Dominican Republic. So, which we don't, you know, my name is D. Scott on air, but y'all know that's not my real government name. So, in closing, I wanted to keep it 200. I'm so thankful. I'm just in a different place, vibrating higher, like I said. I was outside thanking the universe during the solar eclipse yesterday. I'm just ready for whatever is next. And I'm feeling kind of gushy today for no apparent reason, but I kept telling y'all I was going to let y'all listen to that George Tandy Jr., who y'all know we've met, we've had plenty of conversation and plenty of correspondence. He did that song March, and he did that song Jaded that I um, absolutely adored a couple years back during Fashion Week when I was there. But this is his new track, and it's called Already Love, and I love it, and it's just, it's kind of, you know, it's a summertime vibe. It's definitely like when you first meet somebody, you're falling in love with them and just that new feeling. And it's not scary. It's comfortable. And I just, I love his voice. So I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thank you guys for 200 episodes. And I'm trying to get some guests on the show to keep y'all coming back for more and more. I know y'all get tired of me talking shit, but it is what it is. I got to get it off my chest. And this is, you guys have actually helped me through a lot of situations with the emails and with the comments and the, the following and things like that. So I'm just really appreciative that I was able to make it three years and 200 episodes. So thank you very much.
Y'all go ahead and check me out next week on Tell the Truth Tuesday. I got my my pop-up shop ready, and, and, and we're selling, so I don't want to release the the details just yet because I want to make sure that I get all my photogs ready. But thank you guys for listening, keeping it 200. And I am D. Scott, and I am out. <laughs>